This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, February 13th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week in addiction is titled Safety of E-Cigarettes and Nicotine Patches as Stop Smoking AIDS in Pregnancy. In this study, pregnant smokers were randomly assigned to e-cigarettes or nicotine replacement therapy. Those abstaining from cigarettes had higher birth weights than smokers, and the use of EC or NRT did not affect birth weight in abstainers. In the entire group of both abstainers and smokers, use of EC and or NRT was not associated with an increase in adverse events. The authors found no risks to pregnancy from EC or NRT use. Our next study in the American Journal of Psychiatry is titled Associations of Menstrual Cycle and Progesterone to Estradiol Ratio with Alcohol Consumption in Alcohol Use Disorder. The study found that menstrual cycle phases were significantly associated with binge drinking and progesterone to estradiol ratio. In males, a higher progesterone to estradiol ratio was related to lower probabilities of binge drinking in any alcohol use. Findings suggest that high progesterone to estradiol ratios can have a protective effect against problematic alcohol use in females and males with AUD. Next, we have a study in addiction science and clinical practice titled Buprenorphine Misinformation and Willingness to Treat Patients with Opioid Use Disorder Among Primary Care-Aligned Healthcare Professionals. Healthcare practitioners in Ohio completed an email survey of beliefs and attitudes about buprenorphine and OUD. The misinformation about buprenorphine most endorsed by survey takers was that it substituted one drug for another. Second was that buprenorphine is not effective in reducing overdoses. Almost half of the respondents believed they had been adequately trained to treat OUD, which was associated with increased willingness to work with patients with OUD. The authors conclude that misinformation about buprenorphine is common, and education to address it is essential to increasing utilization of MOUD. A new study in Nature Medicine is titled Magnesium Ibogaine Therapy in Veterans with Traumatic Brain Injuries. Ibogaine is a plant-derived compound known to interact with multiple neurotransmitter systems, and it has been studied primarily as a treatment for substance use disorders. It has been associated with instances of fatal cardiac arrhythmia, but co-administration of magnesium may mitigate this concern. Magnesium ibogaine, the Stanford Traumatic Injury to the CNS Protocol, resulted in significant improvements in functioning, both immediately and one month after treatment, and affected PTSD, depression, and anxiety scores at one month after treatment. The study had no unexpected or serious adverse effects. Next, we have a study in Journal of Addiction Medicine titled Self-Fulfilling Prophecy, Does Structural and Interpersonal Bias Against Pregnant and Postpartum People with Substance Use Disorders Undermine Parenting Identity? This commentary discusses two qualitative studies in the Journal of Addiction Medicine concerning patients with SUD and their interaction with providers of prenatal care of newborns. Overdose death has become the leading cause of maternal mortality in the U.S., Policies that require reporting of prenatal substance use, including OUD treatment medications, discourage patients from seeking prenatal care. One study reported that 50% of participants had lost custody of a prior child. Parents are reluctant to ask for help, fearing being judged as inadequate. This lack of trust results in the loss of normal parent experiences, 
In contrast, supportive clinicians who do not stigmatize participants enhance the parenting experience. The author suggests that policies and practice be modified to enhance respectful care. Next, we have an article in JAMA Psychiatry titled Systemic Racism as a Determinant of Health Inequities for People with Substance Use Disorder. In this opinion piece, the authors describe the role of structural factors such as policies and practices and health inequities and propose harm reduction as a tool to address these disparities. The authors support an anti-racism framework using harm reduction strategies, as well as recognizing ethno-racial traumas, practicing cultural humility, and developing and sustaining the addiction medicine workforce. Particularly, the authors discuss the necessity of including racial and ethnic minority people in the development of policies and research. Our next article is in the Journal of Studies of Alcohol and Drugs and is titled Causation and Common Liability in the Progression of the U.S. Opioid Crisis. Non-medical use of prescription opioids, or NUPO, is highly unreliable in differentiating who will or who will not go on to use illicit opioids. Rather, NUPO is a single element in the myriad factors that combine to potentiate illicit opioid initiation. The authors of this article argue that looking beyond NUPO to broaden contextual risk factors, such as polysubstance use and mental health symptoms, is most crucial to mitigating risk for opioid-related harms. Our final article in Journal of Behavioral Addictions is titled Using Latent Class Analysis to Identify Different Clinical Profiles According to Food Addiction Symptoms in Obesity with and Without Binge Eating Disorder. The authors identified five distinct classes, notably class 4, or highly functioning addicted, and class 5, or fully addicted, had the preponderance of persons with binge eating disorder and met criteria for food addiction diagnosis. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.